Well, hello, you good people at Door of Hope. My name is Robert Ferguson. I'm one of the team at Hillsong Church in Sydney. And your pastors, Steve and Ben, have graciously invited me to speak to you today. I don't know if you know, but Ben's brother, Sam, is married to Ruth, who happens to be my PA. And so this invitation miraculously appeared in my calendar. So here I am talking to you today. And it's a huge honour and a privilege for me. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I gather you've been doing a series on the foundations of our faith, and you've given me the subject of faith itself. Now, it's a massive subject, and we can't possibly cover it all in one message, but I'm going to do my best, and I believe that God is going to speak to you through this message. So let's pray to that end. Father God, thank you for all these wonderful people listening to this message. You know our journey, you know our story, you know our needs, you know our aspirations. I pray, Father, that something in this message will spark something in each and every one, will help us, encourage us, bless us. We ask it in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. Well, let me take you back to 1990. I'd first, uh, I first arrived here in Australia around about uh, the beginning of 1990. And I stayed in a house for a few days and I discovered that the neighbour, my neighbour, was an anti-creationist. He actually belonged to a society that specifically targeted the Christian faith. Now, obviously, I'm a Christian and a minister, but you may not know I was also a biology teacher. So I decided I needed a discussion with my new neighbour. So I invited myself around for coffee. Well, you can imagine it was a robust conversation. But I managed to steer the conversation around to what happened before the beginning, before the Big Bang before there was any observable evidence, before we knew what really happened, outside the boundaries of science, where both of us had to believe. And then I posed a question that I'd first heard by a man called David Pawson, who was a Baptist minister in England. This is the question. Did something come from someone or did someone come from something? Well, as you can imagine, my neighbour and I had completely different fates. I believed that something, matter, came from someone, God. And he believed that some one, humanity, came from something, matter. We chose to place our faith in different things. The beginning of all things cannot be proved, cannot be observed. It requires faith. And he chose to believe in just arbitrary chance, whereas I chose to believe in a loving, personal God who chose to create the earth. The Bible actually describes these two ideas, these two faiths. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's 
command so that we so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible that was my faith that's where i placed my faith in the creator of the universe but my neighbor placed his faith in this thought romans chapter 1 verse 25 the people of this world exchanged the truth about god for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. So we've got two types of faith. In fact, I heard one evolutionist say, I believe in evolution, which is unprovable, because the alternative is creation, and I can't believe in that. So two faiths, two people, me and my neighbor who placed our faith in different things. One in God, the creator, the other in creation itself. So here's the question. Where do you place your faith? There's a story in the Bible that uh, where Jesus is crossing the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and a storm comes up and he rebukes the wind and the waves. We find it in Luke chapter eight. And Jesus asked this question, where is your faith? Luke 8, 25, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He even commands, or he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So here's the question, where is your faith? Or more specifically, where have you placed your faith? If you want a title to this message, maybe you're taking notes, you can write that at the top. Where is my faith? Now, before we talk about where we should place our faith, can I just uh, be a little more realistic? Most of us feel like the man at the foot of the Mount of Transfiguration. He said to Jesus in Mark chapter 9 and verse 24, immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I'm sure that's your story. That's your testimony. You do believe, you have faith, but you also have lots of unbelief, lots of doubt mixed in. That's the reality of our journey. But here's some encouraging news. Faith is progressive. We grow in faith. A man by the name of Scott McKnight, who is a great theologian, said this, faith is an ongoing relationship and therefore it's like a marathon. The Jesus Creed, which was the title of his book, is not for someone who believed in the past, but someone who believes. Christians are called believers, not believers. We didn't just believe in the past, we are going on a journey of faith. And in fact, the Bible says that our faith grows over time. Romans chapter 12 and verse three talks about the fact that God has given us grace. And then it says, uh, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of you. Or as some versions put it, according to the measure of faith. God has given you a measure of faith. Every one of you has got faith. But that faith needs to increase. Luke chapter 17 and verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Well, how can you increase your faith 
if you've already got what God is going to give you. Uh, the image I like to use is in uh, the mercury in an old thermometer. If you weigh the mercury in a thermometer, the mass stays exactly the same. It never changes. But as the temperature increases, the volume of the mercury increases. That's how I view faith. You've been given a mass of faith, a measure of faith. Every one of you has got the same faith. But as we're in a great environment, as we place our faith correctly, our faith grows over time. Well, I'm hoping your faith is going to grow over the course of this message. So, now that we've established that we are a mixture of doubt and faith, unbelief and faith, and our faith is growing, we are on a journey of faith, let's ask the question, where did the disciples place their faith in this story of the storm? Why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says this, One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Well, before I talk about where we should place our faith, where did the disciples place their faith? Four things. Number one, the disciples placed their faith in their abilities. They got into a boat and they set out. They'd done it before. They knew exactly how to take their vessel across the Sea of Galilee. So they were putting all their faith in their natural abilities. But faith is supernatural. The whole idea of faith is that we're putting our trust in a God who can do what we cannot do. We cannot live the Christian life. It is beyond our ability. It is in effect, impossible. A lot of people have said that the Christian life is difficult, but if it's difficult, we will attempt it. But the fact is, it's impossible. We have to have faith and trust God who's going to enable us to do what is impossible. Luke chapter 18 and verse 25, Jesus said, it's, more, uh, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, well, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It's impossible for a rich man to get saved. But don't panic if you're rich because Luke chapter 19 and verse 1 says Zacchaeus was a rich man. And what happens? He gets saved. God then proves after this verse that he can do the impossible. The Christian life is impossible. So don't trust in your own abilities. Trust in God. All right. So that's the first thing. Secondly, the disciples placed their faith in their observations. It says, a squall 
came down on the lake. Now, they'd seen storms before. These storms would suddenly appear, but this was a particularly difficult one, and they saw it and were terrified. But the Bible says that faith is unseen. It's to do with the unseen world. We can't trust our own sight, our own observations. Hebrews 11 gives us a definition of faith. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance or evidence about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. My neighbor wanted uh, facts. He wanted practical evidence. But our evidence is not in the seen. Our evidence is in the unseen. Faith is to do with the unseen. That's why it says that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Can I just say, don't base your faith on previous experience. Maybe you believe in God for a miracle, a healing, but you've never seen a miracle before. Does that mean you don't have faith? No, you have faith because of who God is and what he has said. It's not based on previous experience. Equally, if you have seen a miracle and you think, wow, I've seen what God can do, actually that miracle doesn't give you faith for the future. It may give you confidence, it may give you hope, it may give you expectation, but faith comes from hearing what God says. Faith is not based on previous experience. Faith is based on his word. So the disciples placed their faith in their abilities, bad idea, placed their faith in their observations, bad idea, and thirdly, placed their faith in their situation. It says the boat was being swamped. They were looking at their circumstances. They were looking at the temporal situation, but that's not where we should place our faith. Why? Because faith is eternal. Our circumstances are irrelevant to our faith. I know that may not make sense to you. Maybe you've had a terrible couple of years, as many people around the world have. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe things have gone horribly wrong in your life. Maybe you're even now suffering from sickness. But the truth is, our faith in God, who is unchangeable, should be unchangeable. It shouldn't be going up and down with the difficulties and the challenges and the circumstances. How do I know this? Because Hebrews chapter 11, which is the chapter on faith, goes through a list of amazing people of faith, including Abraham, the man of faith. It says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting they were foreigners and strangers on this earth. Their faith was in something eternal. They received some things, but they didn't receive most of the things they were believing for. We get to receive some of those things, but they didn't. And yet they still believed all the way through the Old Testament. They believed that a Messiah would come. They believed that hope was uh, evident in the future. They believed for the things that many of us are experiencing now. But we're still hoping for and believing for things that we may or may not see in our lifetime. Faith is not dependent on your experiences or your situation. So 
They place their faith in their abilities, their observations, their situation, but faith is supernatural, unseen, eternal. Here's the fourth thing that they did. The disciples placed their faith in their feelings. It, it says that they shouted out, we're going to drown. They were terrified because of the situation. But faith is spiritual. It, it's, not, it's not determined by our feelings. Often people, especially today, sing songs about their feelings. I'm feeling bad. The psalmist did the same, so there's nothing that wrong with it. But then they base their faith on those feelings. They say, I don't believe today because I'm having a bad day. I don't believe today because I'm feeling bad. Faith has nothing to do with feelings. Your faith should determine your feelings, not the other way around. How do I know that? Because Romans chapter four, one of my favorite texts about faith says this, Romans 4, 18, Abraham against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and became the father of many nations, just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. He had been promised a child, yet he hadn't received a child, yet he still believed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Listen to what it says. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised." Think of it, he faced the facts that his body was as good as dead and yet he still believed the promise that he was gonna have a child. You've got lots of facts in your life and many of those facts are not good, but you can still believe the promises and confess them. He didn't waver in unbelief. He didn't waver in his faith, but continued to confess the promises. May I just encourage you, whatever your situation or circumstances, Keep confessing your faith in the living God. Of course, my neighbor wanted the facts and because there were no facts, he found it difficult to believe. But faith is not based on facts. Faith is based on truth. And there's a difference between facts and truth. As a former scientist, I love facts. But the fact is, I choose to believe truth. And truth is more than a moral quality. Truth is a person. Jesus, of course, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 14 and verse six. I've chosen to put my faith in him, in his word. His word is truth. The spirit who is in me, who enables me to have faith, is truth. Can I just encourage you? There in Launceston, why don't you put your faith in those things that cannot change? So the disciples placed their faith in their abilities, their observations, their situation, their feelings. They looked at the storm, they looked at the problems, and they lost their faith. So many people in the last couple of years during this pandemic have lost their faith because they've placed it in the wrong place. So where is your faith. Where have you placed your faith? Where should you place your faith? Jesus understands your challenges. He understood the disciples in the boat, but he wanted them to place their faith correctly. So 
I've talked about four places where you shouldn't place your faith. Now I want to talk about three places where you should place your faith. Firstly, we place our faith in his identity. You remember their response. He said to them, where is your faith? And their response was, who is this who even commands the winds and the waves? The reality is that was a great question. That's the question we should be asking. Who is Jesus Christ? Well, I'll tell you who he is. He is the saviour of the world. You need to place your faith in him, not in circumstances, not in your failings, not in your feelings, but in him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. That's where we place our faith. And he's in your boat. And even though the circumstances are falling apart around you, even though there's winds and the waves coming against you from all directions, Jesus is in your boat. Place your faith in him. Romans chapter 10 talks about this journey of faith. And it says in Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then it goes on in verse 11, as the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. We need to put our faith in Christ, in Him. As I say, He never changes. It may seem in the last couple of years as though everything has changed in our world, but actually the important things have not changed. Everything has changed, but nothing has really changed. Jesus is still Lord. He's still on the throne. He's still building His church. He still loves you. He's still got a plan and a purpose for your life, and His promises are true for you. So, We place our faith, number one, in his identity. Number two, we place our faith in his ability. It says in this passage in in Luke 8 that he commands even the winds and the waters. The, The disciples failed to appreciate what he could do. And once he'd done it, he said, where is your faith? Haven't you placed your faith in the right thing? We've got to place our faith in his identity, but in also his ability. Romans 10 goes on to talk about this. It says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blessed all who calls on him. This is Luke, uh, sorry, Romans 10 and verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In this difficult season, in this uh, challenging circumstance, they should have placed their faith in him who never changes and in what he could do. He is the saviour and he can save them. He is your saviour and he can save you. So those are Two places where we can place our faith. Here is the third and the final one. We place our faith in his word. In this story, in verse 22, he says to the disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. When Jesus makes a statement like that, you should take it 
for granted. He said, we're going to the other side. So the fact that you've hit a storm in the middle shouldn't make any difference whatsoever. God said, I'm going to the other side. God said, I'm going to take you to the other side. God said, I'm going to be with you through your difficulties and problems. God says, it doesn't matter about the storm, they will come, but we're going to the other side. They should have placed their faith in God's Word. And that's exactly what Romans 10 goes on to say. Verse 14, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Well, I'm preaching to you the word of God. And even as I do it, faith is entering your spirit. Because it goes on to say in verse 17, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes not only by placing our faith in his word, but actually comes from his word. So if you're struggling in your faith, why don't you double up on your Bible reading? Because faith will come. I often just stop. Faith comes. Faith comes. Keep reading and faith comes. Martin Luther uh, said that faith is an acoustical affair. It comes from hearing the message. Um, various other people, L Luther says, stick your eyes in your ears. I know that's a strange expression, but in the area of faith, we see God's plan with our ears. We see with our ears, even as I'm speaking this message to you, faith is rising up in your spirit and you are able to believe. So that's where we should place our faith, in his identity, in his ability, in his word, which never changes. As we draw this to a conclusion, I know there are lots of other things I could say about faith, but faith is essential. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's imperative that you and I have faith. We put our trust in him and then we believe that rewards and blessings will come. Um, Alistair McGrath, a theologian from England says, and I love this, he says, we are called into God's story. You and I have been called into God's story, just as real as the disciples were in Jesus' story, in the boat with Jesus. He says we're called into God's story. This means we're not just people who look at this story from the outside. We realise we've been invited to be part of it. We've been written in to the story and have roles to play and things to do. And then he says this, one way of thinking about faith is to see it as a willingness to be part of God's story. Our own story is given significance, meaning and purpose because it becomes part of this greater story. These disciples were in a boat with Jesus. They were in his story. He says, where is your faith? Where have you placed your faith? You have been invited into God's story. And as you place your faith in him, 
who is in your boat, your life will have greater significance, greater life, greater hope, greater freedom. There's a verse in Romans 10 that I've already read, but can I just say it again? If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, your Lord, and believe in your heart the Lord that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He is our Saviour. He can save you and he has promised to save you. That's where we place our faith. Well, before I hand back to the team, can I just pray for you that this journey of faith will continue in your life? Father God, thank you for every listener today. I pray that these words of encouragement from your word will actually cause faith to increase and grow in our lives like mercury in a thermometer. And I pray, Father, that every single one of us will move one step on this journey of faith, progress in faith so that we are more like you. And I pray that we all have the wisdom to place our faith in you, in what you can do and in what you've already said and promised. Father, we pray it in the name of Jesus and everybody said, Amen. Well, God bless you all. I hope that message has helped you. I'm going to hand over right now back to the team.